بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the discussion on the salah described and uh, tonight inshallah ta'ala we'll be talking about the movements in salah the movements in salah there are conditions under which the salah becomes nullified by way of movements and these conditions are three first prolonged movement and second they are not done movements are not done due to necessity so they are not a necessity second or third that they are successive without interruption successive without interruption if these (coughs) conditions are met in the action then it nullifies the Salah because it would be a movement which is other than the movements of the same kind of Salah and they also oppose the Salah like speaking like the speech and the thing which opposes the Salah nullifies it from these conditions we may understand that A short duration of the movement may not nullify the Salah but what is the criteria to consider that this is prolonged or this is short the criteria the closest criteria is is to say that if we see this person in Salah making these movements and it becomes to us apparent that he is not in Salah he is not in Salah, he is not into it this will constitute the criteria Meaning, if the person looks at him, and this person making the, uh, if when some, someone is making these movements, and uh, and you look at him, you would think that he is not in salah. This is the criteria, because this is the thing which will oppose the salah. As to the movement which does not oppose it, like a slight movement, this does not invalidate the prayers. Some of the scholars estimated that uh, the number of movements that nullify the Salah amounts to three movements. However, this estimation is incorrect because the Messenger ﷺ opened the door for Aisha while in Salah and the door was 
in the direction of the Qibla. So he moved forward and backward. And this hadith is in Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi and others. And it is authentic. Also, during the eclipse prayers, he moved forward and backward. Also, when the pulpit was made for him, he stood up on it and made the sermons and prayed and then stepped down to make the prostrations. Also, he prayed, alayhi salatu wasalam, and holding, holding uh, Umama, the daughter of uh, his granddaughter, he carried her in salah, and he used to hold her upon standing and then put her down upon prostration. Certainly these moves are more than three. Even if they are three consecutive or successive moves, they don't nullify the Salah because they don't oppose it. So, the condition that the movements should not be due to necessity so this, from this we conclude that if they are done due to necessity, then the Salah is not nullified. The evidence for this is in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, 238 and 239. Qala Allahu حافظوا على الصلوات والصلاة الوسطى وقوموا لله قانتين فإن خفتم فرجالا أو ركبانا Guard strictly the five obligatory prayers especially the middle salah the best prayer of Asr and stand before Allah with obedience and if you fear an enemy perform salah on foot or riding so on foot, meaning you're walking and riding, mounting the mounts and it's known that the one who walks will move a lot and also assume that when a person starts his salah uh, felt a prey animal behind him intending to attack him and he doesn't have anything to defend himself and so he ran while praying his salah is valid because this is a necessity and there is uh, no problem if he will move in a direction away from the direction of the Qibla in this case also from the conditions is that the too many movements are successive 
And so if they are interrupted, then the salah is not nullified. For example, if he moves three moves, makes three movements in the first rak'ah, and then three in the second, and three in the third, and three in the fourth, if we add them all together, this will be too many. But since they are interrupted, they will be considered to be light movements. In reference to each rak'ah alone. So this does not nullify the salah. Now, the movements which are not of the same kind of category of salah, of the same category of salah, are divided into five. Are divided into five. First, wajib. Second, recommended. Third, permissible. Fourth, disliked. And fifth, haram. And the one which nullifies the salah or invalidates the salah is the muharram, the haram. As to the wajib, obligatory movement, this is the movement upon which the validity of the Salah depends. This is the movement upon which the validity of the Salah depends. And there are several uh, forms or, or, or... Yes, there are several forms to this. For example, if someone begins the Salah in a direction other than the direction of the Qibla, after exerting the effort, after the exerting the effort to find out the Qibla, then he started therefore in a direction which is not in the direction of the Qibla. And another person came and told him, the Qibla, the Qibla is to your right. So in this case, the movement is obligatory upon him. He must move and recorrect his direction. So he should move to the right. And that's why when a man came to the people uh, in Medina and Qiba, when they were praying in the direction of Jerusalem, and he informed them while in Salah that the Qibla has been redirected to the Kaaba, they also redirected their direction during the Salah and continued the Salah continued the Salah and if someone also remembers like in his head cover there is uh, Najasa there is filth while he was praying if he, he remembers that while praying then it's obligatory upon him to take off this head cover in order to rid himself of the Najasa of the impurity also, if he remembers that he began the Salah without making wudu, so the Salah in this case is not established to begin with. So therefore he must move and go and make the wudu and begin the Salah from the beginning. 
Also, if someone prays to the left side, prays standing to the left side of the Imam, along with the Imam to his left, then his movement to the, to the right side of the Imam is an obligation in accordance with the saying that, in accordance with the opinion that sees that the Salah is invalid if he stands alone to the left of the Imam, having no one to the right of the Imam standing. And this is a matter of difference of opinion about this, but if we take by this opinion, therefore in this case he must move to the right of the Imam. This is concerning the obligatory movement. The second movement is the praiseworthy, the recommended recommended movement. This is the movement upon which the perfection of the Salah depends. Upon which the perfection of the Salah depends. And it has also different ways to it. Take for example, in case he does he in case the person does not cover one of his shoulders. So the movement here to cover it is recommendable. Is recommended because the correct opinion this is not an obligation. Also, if it becomes clear to him while in Salah that he stands ahead of his neighbors in the row, so he should move back, backward, his movement is a sunnah here, it's recommended. Also, if the row uh, shrinks such that there will be a gap between him and his neighbor, the movement here to close the gap is a sunnah. Also, if two people stand to on his sides, one to his right, one to his left, in this case, if he moves to be the imam, then in this case, this is recommended, this is a sunnah. As to the third type, or third category, or type, yes, is the uh, permissible movement. A permissible movement. Uh, for example, this, is, this refers to uh, the slight movement in case of a need, or uh, too many movements due to necessity. An example on the light movement, uh, someone prays in the shade and then he feels the cold. And therefore he moves forward or backward or to the right or to the left, seeking the sun. To be under the sun, 
to warm up. This is permissible. And we also may say that this is possibly a sunnah. If he achieves khushu' while praying under the sun in the warm place. The disliked move, movement, is the slight movement but there is no need for it. And the perfection of the salah does not depend upon it. As exists with many people nowadays looking at their watches, uh, taking a pen, uh, buttoning their shirts, uh, wiping their uh, lenses, eyeglasses, and the like. Finally, the forbidden type of movement is the refers to the uh, many movements that are uh, successive and without any uh, necessity to that. Uh, so this concludes the uh, matters related to the movements in Salah and their rulings. Also now, it is permissible to read, to recite while in Salah uh, the last parts of the chapters or their middle parts. This is not something forbidden and it may be a sunnah. In the Nafil, for example, it is affirmed that the Prophet ﷺ used to recite in the first rak'ah from Surah Al-Fajr. He used to recite in the first rak'ah of Surah Al-Fajr the verse from Surah Al-Baqarah to 136. وما أنزل إلينا وما أنزل إلى إبراهيم وإسماعيل الآية say we believe in Allah and that which has been sent down to us and that which has been sent down to Ibrahim, Ismail, Ishaq, Yaqub and Al-Asbat to the end of the verse and in the second rak'ah he صلى الله عليه وسلم recited from Surah Al-Imran, chapter 3, verse 64. Say, O people of the book, come to a word that is just between you and us, that we worship not but Allah. So he used to recite these verses sometimes, and sometimes he used to recite Surah Al-Kathirun and Surah Al-Ikhlas. As to the Faridah, it is not related to us from the Prophet ﷺ that he recited from the middle parts of the chapters. However, he recited from their beginnings or their ends, or their last parts. As he, for example, distributed Surah Al-A'raf in two rak'ah, and also did in Surah Al-Mu'minun, 
uh, he did it in two rak'ah when uh, he was touched by a cuff. However, reciting from the middle of the surah, this there is no report that the Prophet ﷺ did it in the fard. And that's why some people of knowledge disliked to recite from the middle of the chapters in the fard. However, the correct opinion that it is permissible. It's permissible. And therefore, we say that it is permissible to recite from the last part of the chapters, their middles and their first parts, in the fard. And the evidence for this, first, is the general saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Muzzammil, verse 20, 73, 20. Recite as much as may be easy for you. And also the Prophet said, اقرأ ما تيسر معك من القرآن recite uh, as much as may be easy for you from the Quran and also we know that the Prophet ﷺ read from the middle of the chapters in the Nafil prayer and whatever is affirmed in the Nafil is also to be affirmed in the Fard except, there is, except in case there is evidence to indicate otherwise And this is an important foundation. Whatever is affirmed in the nafil is affirmed also in the fard, unless there is evidence to indicate otherwise. Of course, uh, being permissible uh, does not stand to be equivalent to the situation where a person recites a whole chapter. Because this is more perfect. That's why the Messenger وسلم, said to Mu'adh bin Jabal, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, أَلَا قَرَأْتَ بِالشَّمْسِ وَضُحَاهَا وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَى وَنَحْوَ ذَلِكَ Shouldn't you have read from surat, uh, shouldn't you have read surat al-shams وضحاها وسورت الليل إذا يغشى and so forth. So this indicates that this is better and more perfect to recite a whole chapter. Now, now, if something occurs to the person in Salah, if something occurs during the Salah, something, this something is, could be anything. Anything that may be related to the Salah or related to something that's not part of the Salah. As in case someone may ask permission to enter or something. So, what happens if some of these things occur? So, first we'll talk about what may occur and has relation to the Salah. Give an example. If your Imam makes a mistake, stands to a fifth rak'ah in the fourth Salah in the fourth rak'ah salah, or stands up 
to a four rak'ah in the third rak'ah salah, or to a third rak'ah in the uh, two rak'ah salah. Here something occurs which is related to the salah. You agree now? You understand, inshallah. Now, also, an, an example of something unrelated to the salah, if someone asks permission, knocks the door while you are praying. In this case, the man makes tasbih. He may make tasbih, saying, subhanallah. And if she is a woman, in the case of a woman, she makes, she claps. تصفق يسبح الرجل الرجل man makes تسبيح وتصفق المرأة and the woman makes تصفيق claps الرجل يسبح the man makes تسبيح saying سبحان الله so if this person now gets the attention by saying سبحان الله one time then you should not repeat it. But if otherwise occurs, you may, repeat, occur, you may repeat it. Because it is permitted because of a cause. And it will be stopped when the cause stops. So if this person now did not get your attention from the first time, then repeat the tasbih twice, thrice, until he becomes aware. And with respect to the woman, she claps. And the difference between the man and the woman in these situations is obvious because the woman should not uh, speak loud in the presence of men, especially in Salah. Because this may inflict a certain fitna on some people, especially if her voice is beautiful. And the Prophet ﷺ said, الشيطان يجري من ابن آدم مجرى الدم Shaytan circulates in the children of, in the son of Adam like circulation of blood. And وَأَنَّهُ مَا تَرَكَ فِتْنَةً أَضَرُّ عَلَى الرِّجَالِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ And that there is no fitna greater in magnitude upon men more than women. Would this also be the same if the woman is praying with other women where there are no men with her? Some of the scholars are with the opinion if there are no men with her, then she makes tasbih like men. And they argued that tasbih is a remembrance permitted its, its category or its kind is permitted in Salah, unlike clapping, whose kind in Salah is not permitted. And the woman needs that only if she is in the presence of men, because this is more protective to her and uh, keeps fitna away. The evidence now for this issue of tasbih and and uh, tasfiq, tasbih for men and tasfiq for women, is the saying of the Prophet ﷺ in the hadith reported by al-Bukhari and Muslim, related by al-Bukhari and Muslim, 
إذا نابكم شيء في الصلاة فليسبح الرجال ولتصفق النساء if something occurs anything occurs in salah then let the women let the men make tasbih and women clap now if we examine this hadith we may conclude that on the apparent there is no difference for the presence or absence of men with women in the salah and if we contemplate further we may also conclude that what's apparent from the hadith is that it's applicable if men are present because he said فليسبح الرجال let men make tasbih and women make tasfiq so the issue is when both are present the duty of the men to make tasbih and the duty of the woman to make clapping so there is possibility for either way so anyone who looks at the general apparent understanding of the hadith will say she claps and anyone who takes the apparent of the context itself may conclude that this is applicable when she is with men assume that the ma'mum the person led in the salah makes tasbih and the imam does not pay attention and so the ma'mum makes another tasbih similarly the imam did not take that into his attention and it may be possible that he makes tasbih and the imam stands up then he makes another tasbih and the imam sits down imam is confused so some of the scholars say he can tell him of the defect in his salah verbally saying Irka, make ruku' or ijlis, sit down, stand up. Then here they differed and said, would his salah in this case be valid or invalid? Because he spoke. He spoke in salah. Some went with the opinion that it is not invalid because this is a speech for the benefit of the Salah and it is not intended for conversation with, with, uh, with humans rather what is intended is the benefit of the Salah and they took as evidence that when the Prophet Wasallam forgot while he was praying and one of the companions told him certainly you forgot the Prophet responded said our haq is this true what Dhulyadain said so this is kalam this is a speech however it's a speech for the benefit of salah this is one opinion and this is their evidence the second opinion 
So this opinion says, it's okay when this situation occurs and the imam is confused for the ma'mum to say, sit, stand, make ruku', make sujood, depending. And they said that this is kalam, this is a speech, but it is for the benefit of the salah and therefore it does not nullify the salah of the person. The second opinion is that the salah becomes invalid if he speaks because of the general hadith which says because of the general wording in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ reported in Sahih Muslim in هذه الصلاة, this salah لا يصلح فيها شيء من كلام الناس is not fit for any uh, human talk or people talk therein and also because the Prophet ﷺ commanded us to do tasbih and had the speech for the benefit of the salah had it been something that does not invalidate the salah the Prophet would have commanded us to do because it is closer to the understanding and attaining the correction of the mistake than general tasbih. But since he, the Prophet ﷺ, did not do that, we conclude that it is not allowable. There is no doubt that this is a strong evidence. Now, but we still need an answer for the first evidence to the group of the scholars who said that the Salah is invalid knowing that the Prophet ﷺ spoke in it. And the answer to that is when the Prophet ﷺ spoke to Dhul Yadain who corrected him he, sallallahu alayhi wa did not know that he was still in salah. In fact, he, sallallahu alayhi wa thought that the salah was completed, was finished. And that's why when, when Dhul Yadain corrected him, he said, Lam ansa, I did not forget, walam tuqsar, and the salah, and the salah was not shortened, because Dhul Yadain said, did you forget or did the salah or was the salah shortened? However, when the companion said, Sadaqa Dhul Yadain, Dhul Yadain spoke the truth, he وسلم, stopped talking, rather moved forward and completed what he missed. And so therefore there is a difference between someone who knows he is in salah but speaks for the benefit of Salah, and another person who is uncertain that he is still in Salah, and thinks that he is not in Salah, and his Salah is completed, and thus accordingly, the evidence of this hadith is not to be taken as full evidence for their argument. 
here comes someone and says, well, if we say that he should not be warned by words, so he will become, it will become like a play. Subhanallah sits, Subhanallah stands, Subhanallah sits, Subhanallah stands, and therefore it's inevitable to speak. Under this situation, we can say, if it is necessitated to speak, yet with the condition that the one who speaks, speaks for the benefit of the Salah, must do the Salah again. Meaning it is invalid for him now. You speak for the benefit of the general congregation and you invalidate your salah. Do it again. Here the overall benefit takes precedence upon over the individual benefit. Is this clear so far? Is this clear so far? Question or case. Is it possible to draw the attention of to draw the attention by other than tasbih? The answer yes. Like for example using nahnaha. What is this? Nahnaha. Hem. Hem. H-E-M. Little cuff. Ahem. Ahem. Like clearing one's throat. You understand that? You understand that? Also, another way, also another way is to recite loudly. So if someone knocks the door while you are in Salah, or calls upon you while in Salah, and then you, you raise your voice by that which you are reciting, then this is alerting him. But the best thing, of course, is tasbih. Because this is what the Prophet ﷺ commanded. Question. Is it permissible for the person making salah to alert other than his imam if he commits a mistake? Like, for example, someone next to you making too many moves and making you, uh, distracting you in Salah? The answer is yes. You can alert him. Because this is for the benefit of the Salah. And the evidence for this is in the Hadith when Muawiyah ibn al-Hakam radiallahu ta'ala anhu came and the Prophet was leading the prayers and so he joined the prayers some a man sneezed and he said Alhamdulillah so Muawiyah 
told him, Yarhamukallah, may Allah's mercy be upon you. So people gazed at Muawiyah in denunciation. So he said, Wa'athakla ummahu to my mother. So they began, so he spoke, so they began striking their thighs in order to quiet him down. So he did so. And after the Prophet ﷺ made the taslim, he called upon him. And then he admonished him by saying, In this salah, this salah, there is nothing from what people is permitted in it from what people speak, except tasbih and takbir and qiraat al-Quran, except for tasbih and takbir and the citation of Quran. And so, and then he said to the companions, if anything occurs to you in salah, let the men make tasbih and the women clap. And here, the Prophet ﷺ did not denounce them for their denunciation of what Muawiyah did. Why? Because we can we can conclude from this that since there was a distraction for them taking place by what Muawiyah was saying, so they alerted him. No. And from the things allowed in Salah is to spit to the left or under the foot if someone needs to do that and it can occur to many and therefore he should avoid spitting to his right <coughs> and also in front of him as to not spitting in front of him because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the direction of his face. Anyone who directs himself towards the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make salah, except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala faces him with his face. Anywhere you may be, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encompasses everything. Qala Allah ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah 2, 115 And to Allah belongs the east and the west So wherever you turn yourselves or your faces There is the face of Allah Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is all sufficient for his creatures And it's not from the etiquette To proper manners to spit in front of you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is towards your face if you do this with common people they will consider this from bad manners then how about when you are standing in front of the king of kings Azza wa Jal most mighty and most majestic as to the right 
why it is not allowed to spit to the right. The Prophet ﷺ reasoned by saying, Because to his right there is an angel. So don't spit to your right. And not in front of you, not in front of your face. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the direction of your face. So there remains with the left. So you spit to the left because the Prophet ﷺ commanded so. Or you put it under your feet. If someone says that in this hadith, there are two problems. First problem is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the direction of the musalli's face. How could this be? When we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above the seven heavens ascended his throne the answer to this is from different angles first we should submit and we should not go to the argument of why and how concerning the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never say amantu wa sadaqt I believe and I submit that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above his arsh, above his heavens, and that he is in the direction of the person in Salah. And I have nothing except this. This is what came to us from our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this way removes Many, many problems. And you'll be safe from many conclusions that the shaitan may instigate all his soldiers. Second angle is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not to be resembled to his creatures. Because there is nothing like unto Allah. So that you make resemblance to Thirdly, there is no contradiction between the transcendence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Him subhanahu wa ta'ala being in front of or in direction of one's face in salah. Even there is no contradiction regarding this matter with respect to the created. Don't you see the sun when it sets or when it, ri- when it rises? It is in front in the direction of the face of the person while it is up in highness. So if this is, this is not impossible with respect to the created, then by all means this is more asserted and more befitting when it comes to the Creator Allah Azza wa Jal, who encompasses everything, subhanahu wa ta'ala.
And the most important answer from these answers, and the greatest, and most honorable, is the first one. Is that we stand with respect to the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the stance of the one who is submitting, not opposing, believing that Allah is above everything, and that He is in the direction of the face of the Musalli, and we don't say how and why. Yet as you see, there is no contradiction whatsoever in these texts. This approach saves you from all inspirations of shaitan and his enemy and his soldiers. He comes to you and says, How could it be? This would necessitate that Allah dwells on earth. Then he brings you this as a problem. So we say, I believe. That Allah is above everything and that He is in front, in the direction of the face of the Musalli, as came in the texts. And I don't exceed the limits beyond that. This is the answer for the first problem or issue. The second is fitting to the right the Prophet ﷺ reasoned that there is an angel to the right of the person to his right this is subjected to an issue that also on the left there is an angel as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Qaf chapter 50 verse 17 one sitting on the right and one on the left so there is an angel and there is another angel so what's the answer to this the answer is to say that there is another method which the Prophet ﷺ directed us to and that is to Take the corner of one sheet and spit in it, unfold it. And in this case, you don't spit to the right, nor to the left, nor in front of you. Still remains the answer to the angel to the left. We say that the angel to the right his rank is higher than the angel to the left. And there is a report that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him authority upon the angel to the left, such that the angel to the left does not write the deeds of the person from the evil deeds except after taking permission from the angel to the right. The angel to the right saying, wait, maybe he will repent, don't write, don't record. This report, if this report is authentic, then it is clear. And by the way, this report was 
mentioned by As-Sayuti in Ad-Dur al-Manthur. However, Al-Sheikh al-Albani, rahimahullah, stated that it is very weak. And so, if it is untrue, incorrect rather, inauthentic, there is no doubt still that the one who is to the right is higher in rank than the one to the left. And they are all angels, honorable, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Al-Infitar 10 and 11. Eighty-two, ten and eleven. But verily, over you are appointed angels in charge of mankind to watch you. Kiraman, honorable, katibin, recording down your deeds. Now, what about if he is in the masjid? We know from the hadith that Spitting in the masjid is a sin and it's expiated to bury it as in the authentic hadith reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. So therefore, if in the masjid, then the second way to do it is to do it in the, take the corner of one sheet and spit in it and fold it but does not spit in the mosque because the Prophet ﷺ said spitting in the mosque is a sin so we say don't spit in the mosque don't spit in the mosque to your left however spit in your thaw in your sheet and so therefore also he should not spit under his feet in the masjid because this pollutes the masjid. And because the spitting in the masjid is a khati'ah, it's a sin. In case he did, then its expiation is to bury it, as in the hadith. And in this hadith there is evidence to use etiquettes and manners where the Prophet ﷺ described the way to spit in one's sheet or thawb, he said to spit in it and fold it in order to remove the entity of the spit itself, or this, yes. Because its presence may turn some people off and end up hating this person by others. This is the same as in the situation with respect to the hadith we discussed last night when the Prophet ﷺ folded Aisha or rather when he ﷺ folded her when she was in her menses. He ordered her to put a lower garment, lest he sees that which may turn him off 
and then lead to hating her. And this is a matter where the person should utilize, but should utilize also if he, if he needs to go out. He may look in the mirror to check if there is any filth on himself, his clothes, his garments, etc. But some people go to excessiveness in this, and they stand in front of the mirror and exaggerate. And there are others who days will pass without even giving it a look in the mirror. The medium course is the best, especially if there is a reason which may require that you give it a look in the mirror to see if there is anything on yourself, on your clothes, and the like. Take, for example, if someone has a bleeding nose, it's possible that some of the spots, some of the blood may have fell on his upper garment, and so forth. He needs to look it in the mirror to check it out. So the point here is that all of this is from manners and etiquettes. And the person should utilize them in the medium course. Wallahu ta'ala a'la wa a'lam. We stop here. And we continue inshallah in the next class. The Salatu the Sutra. The Salatu the Sutra. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.